Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pussy Church. I'm Lara, an erotic writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with award-winning sexologist Chantel Otten. We chatted about how COVID has put a break on many people's desire, what to do to get your libido back on track, and how to work towards a vaginal orgasm. Let's dive in. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pillow Talk, the special quarantine edition of Pussy Church, where I talk to some of my favorite creators. And today I'm here with sexologist Chantel Otten. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Oh my God, round two. I'm pumped. Thanks oh, for having round me. Two. <laughs> of course, I'm so excited. We got such incredible feedback the last time you were on. I've been talking about your um, compliment sandwich, I think, for months now at this point. <laughs> oh, really? That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, because it's such an amazing idea um, and tip for people, I think, because it's so difficult to communicate, right? And mm. so when I asked you to come back on the show, we're chatting a little bit about COVID and about some kind of a mm. hot vaccine summer that might not exist in Australia. <laughs> yeah, we don't have but... that. We're in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and so nuts. Yeah, we are not at the moment. Moment, but who knows what's going to happen. But I wanted to ask or just chat with you a little bit about how you see it in your work, right? Like what are the themes that are coming up for people um, about their sex lives mm. um, in, you know, during COVID and like how it influences people, you know, in, in that aspect of their lives? That is such a good question. So in terms of COVID, I know from a therapeutic perspective, people are reaching out to sexologists a lot more. We have had really? so many inquiries. We have 60 emails in my inbox today for my staff to, to for new patients. So everyone's kind oh, of incredible. Yeah. I, and I think that goes to show like that, there's a lot going on in the world. I don't think it's just about people going, oh, like we have time and space to to work on this. Mm. I actually think it's people are going, life's really hard. This is traumatic. Yes. We have been impacted. We feel distance from each other. We feel like we need mm. to start talking about this. Um, you know, and I think especially for a lot of people who, you know, my like, like our age, I know a lot of our friends are getting married and getting, you know, shacked up and yeah. like getting really serious. <laughs> and like, I do think that that this COVID kind of disaster has really impacted a lot of individuals and couples. Like my yeah. friends who are single can just like dating is just off the table because we can't go out at the moment. Yeah. And in Australia, it's extremely strict. Like we have a five kilometer radius around our house. So we're not allowed to go beyond five kilometers. That is so nuts. Yeah. And like online dating. How are you going to find a mate, you know? <laughs> yeah. You need to find someone like around the corner. You're like your neighbor. <laughs> well, one of my friends has You're a like, lot of hot neighbors building? near the beach. And 
and then one of my friends lives in like a an area with like a lot of older people and I'm like you could find it a, a daddy but like I just don't think she's that into it but <laughs> you just have to like you just have to move so for dating purposes you're like where where's the house like where's the building with the hottest people exactly <laughs> exactly but they're also like not feeling really sexy because they're they can't go mm. out they're not seeing their friends and not getting that like sense of yeah. differentiation and for my friends who are in relationships like they are spending 24 7 with their partner like if they're mm-hmm. like isolating <laughs> together that's like it's you know quarantining it's a with challenge it's right yeah yeah it's totally hard yeah, yeah yeah especially if you're not used to I think especially the people who um had pretty busy lives and pretty separate lives right in the sense that you only see each other you know in the evenings but you're also like a busy social couple and suddenly that's all out the window and you work next to each other and you can't see anybody else and I think that I felt like had you know I think in the beginning it helps people probably to be closer sexually you know Mm. when it's just the first few months and you're like how fun you know (laughs) we can just work from home and have sex all the time and then quickly it probably goes into something else right if you don't yeah um take care of of your relationship I think that um you know I was saying to my partner we we've had to do hotel quarantine last year so in Australia we have to do two weeks quarantine in a hotel if we come back from um overseas you you have a few days where you're like great I'm gonna watch like Netflix and I'm gonna have a great time but then you know halfway through you're like what's outside world like, you know, like what are my friends up to? It's a time where all of us are a little bit dampened. There's a lot more brakes on our like desire car than there is gas right Mm. now. What do you think it would be like a good thing for people to do, right? Like when you are in a relationship and um, there's like, maybe this is in general a question actually, if there's just, if you hit a lot of brakes, right? If you have a period of time, let's say it's COVID, but maybe it's something else, right? Um, maybe you have a really stressful time at work and you just feel like it's really difficult to get aroused or to desire your partner or even to like, you know, sometimes we have these phases where you don't even masturbate yourself. I mean, I really don't have that very often, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) but sometimes, you know, you just like don't feel it, right? Um, And I think that is totally fine, I'm sure, for a while. But if you have a partner, that can be a big problem Mm. after a while as well. Well, it depends on how your partner's going, too. Like, they might be the ones that have the lower libido. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That can exist. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what do you do on either sides of the uh, on that? Like, what what are some tips that you have? I think that's really a difficult thing, right? Yeah. I think that it's important to take your space in the house first and foremost. You know, you need to really Mm. get some time where you are doing like, for example, I need to do Chantel time. If I was quarantining with my partner, like as I did last year and we had isolation together for a few months, like I am working from the bedroom, I'm sitting in bed doing my stuff because I need to feel a sense of separation, you know, and yeah. Um, we work out separately, you know, we, we've got to actually do a lot more separate stuff than together stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and we still mm-hmm. have to do like things like he doesn't usually cook dinner, but he's, he will organize things like a date night. So he'll get oysters like delivered or like, we've got a lot of like home kind of food preparation services from great restaurants here. So like steak restaurants, French restaurants, et cetera. So that'll get delivered and with some, you know, champagne or whatever. And it's a really nice 
surprise but then also like you need to have conversations around Mm. can we plan to like have sexy time or like you know do you want to just like sex can just be like blowjobs like why don't we just focus on giving like little parts of sexy interactions rather than feeling like we yeah. need to do the whole deal every time because you're mm-hmm. already exhausted I like that a lot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just to be like and you can make that like into like nearly a game right yeah just if you're just like oh today i have to give you two blowjobs at like one point of the day or something and then you can just play with that in like a you know in just like a fun way or something <laughs> yeah absolutely i was actually just thinking about this because um, Esther Perel, in her book, uh, Mating in Captivity, doesn't she talk about that you need mystery to have desire for your partner over a longer period of time? Yeah. I think it's like something like that. And I think that is what you're kind of like talking about too, right? A little bit that we need to have that separation in order to still desire the other person. Yeah, absolutely. We need to have a sense of separation. You need to have a bridge to cross. Mystery cultivates desire, of course. And I think that if we're constantly in this state of tension as well where we're you know not sure whether we're going to be allowed out or be locked down or wearing masks or not like you know you do kind of tend to get a little bit on edge as well so that mystery can also be diminished by our anxiety and our fear of getting sick Mm. a little bit so there needs to be a state where you can cultivate mystery for yourself too like what makes me special what makes me feel alive and you need to come up with a few words like who am I and I think for me like it's important to say to patients like what are some of your like what are some of the times in your life where you have felt your absolute best and what are some words that are associated with that so maybe it's mysterious excited free curious whatever it is Um, you need to start like doing more affirmations around that and a lot of people think that's kind of woo but I think we've got to hang on to what we need to right now we need to affirm ourselves who we are we need to manifest good energy because a lot of people don't have that much hope at the moment you know we don't have yeah holidays lined up we can't go away you're in America so you can go to Cabo and blah 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 blah. I don't know I'm watching (laughs) my friends in the US yeah and they're like all in Mexico (laughs) I'm like wow I can't even go to another like a crazy summer (laughs) yeah no totally we have like a crazy summer like here there's a little bit of a different aspect of it I think that Things have opened up over the past couple months, really drastically so. Mm. And I think there's this where everyone was talking about, or the media especially was talking about, like hot vax summer, right? Everybody being like, oh, now everyone's going to go and fuck, you know, (laughs) basically everybody. And like kind of thinking about like this comparison to the roaring 20s, right? Yeah. To have it again now after this after quote unquote which is not really after right I'm, I'm i wonder how that was in australia too because you guys ha- did have times where it was open and i think there is then this slowly like coming out of your shell again and starting to date and starting to have sex and not being afraid or something right but i also do think that it makes people want to have partners because they know you know you only have probably a couple of months where you're free so maybe you should lock somebody down for the next lockdown yeah a buddy process find a buddy yes. <laughs> find a sex buddy yeah. mm. um, for that so yeah here at the moment it's a little bit different but i i think what's interesting because it's just happened again a little bit here where people 
you know, call you and they're like, well, I'm sorry, we hung out yesterday, but like this person I also hung out with, they're positive now with COVID. And then you're like, oh shit, you know, and then you have to wait a couple of days. And like, it's this kind of process mm. that you go through. Yeah, you have to tap into more of your imagination because spontaneity wise, it's it's quite difficult, you know, like mm-hmm. we don't know, we try and be spontaneous and then we can't be spontaneous. So I think that it is about, um, yeah. Yeah, just just creating a little bit more around fantasy. I think that's super important. And listening to audio erotica, looking at beautiful images like your Instagram, looking at, you know, Mm. ethical porn, I think reading erotic stories and also imagining ourselves in a time where we were really excited, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I really wonder, so like, because we didn't say this, uh, you mentioned it for a second, but what do you do when you have a partner who kind of lost his, her, their libido? That's a process. You know, it's, it's not like I have one answer for that. I think that's a process of elimination and that's what a sexologist is. You know, we are detectives Mm. into sex lives. We have to have a look and. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And really find out a few things. It's actually really funny. I was talking, I was doing supervision with one of my new staff at the moment. She's a new sexologist and, and she was telling me about a patient case and, I was like, there's lots of reasons here why this patient might not have a libido. Like they've had Mm -hmm. um, a baby four years ago. They're in a relationship that, you know, they're staying in because they had a child together. They were not together very long before the baby was born. She's had cancer Mm -hmm. in the past couple of years. Oh my goodness. We've got COVID. She doesn't feel good about herself. And like, we can blame a lot of it on COVID. That's fine. But I don't think that it is necessarily it it's like Mm. it's so layered and my patient was like it's because she had cancer and I'm like no 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 sorry my staff member was like she had cancer that's why and I'm like no 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 like there's so much here going on you know like there's hormones there's exercise there's excitement there's alive like feelings there's your identity are you a mom or are you a person how are you as a partner what's your relationship like so there's so much going on there that needs to be assessed but I think starting off with changing who you are and how you are like seeing the world and how you are seeing your sexual self is the most important place to start that's such a good point because I I've been wondering about this a little bit you know we were talking about this in the podcast like a couple episodes ago I think um, about love hormones or lust hormones, right? What is released in the body when you need, meet somebody new that excites you? Um, and I was thinking about it for a little bit because I think parts of it are so seem so um, mysterious, right? Sometimes you meet somebody and your body like tingles everywhere, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is like mm. I'm I'm so attracted to this person," right? Um, but also sometimes you meet somebody and it doesn't happen and it can happen and then go away, right? So in order to like keep that alive, that response to somebody, you probably have to start with yourself, right? To like cultivate that within yourself. Absolutely. It's super yeah. important to it's, start with you. Then how would you start with yourself? Well, I think it's important to go and, and think like, when was the time where I felt really erotic? you know, have I ever felt that before? And if I haven't, what do I need to unpack here? And I think that's about 
first of all, being self-aware and also holding yourself accountable because we can always put difficult feelings to the back of our mind because it's safer for us. But I think that we need to, mm -hmm. if we want to grow and have personal development, we need to, you know, confront certain aspects of ourselves that um, might be challenging. And that might be internal views about ourselves and who we are and if we're sexy mm. and if we're fun or if we're worthy. And I think mm -hmm. worthiness, if we're allowed to hold space, is something that we need to really look at. Are we allowed to hold space in, in the general world? Are we allowed to hold space in like in a sexy way as well? Do we have any internalized misogynistic yeah. views, you know, that we need to address? What is... What do we think about sex? What do we think about being yeah. sexy? You know, is that something that we're allowed to do? What's our, um, you know, expression, like our sexual expression, our gender expression? Do we feel comfortable? Mm. You know, there's so much there that can be a great foundation for where to start. Right. Obviously, with our work, we think about sex all the time, right? So mm. in, in so many different ways. But I was thinking about this um, the way sexuality is taught to us, right? And what being sexy actually means, right? Mm. Um, because we're told what, especially as women, I think, very specifically so, what sexy looks like um, mm. for my uh, society or the culture, respectively, right, that you grew up in. Um, and I thought it was so fascinating that you're kind of like even turned on by the female, right? Like uh, this girl once DM'd me and she was like, I can't because I was talking about porn or something. She's like, I can't believe I'm like a straight cis woman um, and I have masturbated to women all my life. Yeah. Right. Because of porn um, and that being like you're so trained that the the female body, it's so sexualized that you were even training yourself to like masturbate to that, even though that's not necessarily, um, you know, your your preference, I guess, sexually yeah. speaking. That's fantasy. That's a appreciation, you know, and mm. I think a lot of people get confused and think like, is that my like sexual orientation but no of course not like it's it, yeah it just is what it is you know like it's about having fun and it's about understanding that you're allowed to find anything sexual you know you're allowed to really totally. tap into that but you don't have to categorize or label yourself in a certain way yes and i think not judge right if something comes up that you find sexy uh, I was talking to a girlfriend once. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I had a partner and we used floggers mm -hmm. quite regularly for a little bit. And then I told her about it and she's like, I think that is sick. I think that oh, is wow. really, really unhealthy, you know? And I was like, well, I don't think so. You know, it's like not, doesn't feel like it, right? Yeah. And in her mind, I think it was so separate from anything that could be okay, sexually speaking, right? She wouldn't even let her let herself or she wouldn't even listen to me, right? Because like not even listen why I would find that arousing or, mm. you know, sexy or whatever. Because in her mind, she had such a strict point of view or, you know, she just like mm. had cut that off and was like that's not even a possibility for me how did that make you feel really weird actually because i i had to like think of it of it in a in a way where i was like oh well 
I don't feel ashamed about it, you know, because for a second, it's like you're being shamed nearly, mm -hmm. right? Somebody's like, oh, what you're doing is like, it's not good. Like, you should probably see somebody or whatever. She didn't say that, but it was like in that realm. And I was like, I don't, I needed to like really go inside of myself and be like, how do I really see that? You know what I mean? Yeah. What do I think of her saying that? Um, and does it apply to me? Mm. And I just like figured out for myself, it was like, it does not apply to me. Like, I don't think it is um, damaging to my psyche, nor do I think it's because I had a huge trauma when I was a kid that I liked the sensation of leather on my body, you know? Yeah. So, but it it is definitely something that if you're not working with that subject a lot, it's easy to be shamed that way, right? Yeah. Easy not to, not to let um, a fantasy enter your brain or you know or you push it away because you're so afraid what that could quote unquote mean about you or what that would say about you yeah and I think with people that that do judge you all you need to do is have compassion you know you need to have compassion mm. for them because they are obviously not having fun in the bedroom with your you know with floggers <laughs> because that's sad um but um you know also like there's limited it's very one direction that that way of thinking and I think that that's very tough you know I think that there's um I think that there's a whole world to explore in the bedroom and mm. you know it it just sounds like for your friends they are stuck and that's going to come come back and yeah. bite her at some stage you know because she's going to be like hang on I'm not having that much fun because it's kind of like you know, going out for dinner and eating the same dinner every single time you go out. You want to have yes. different dinners and spices and cuisines. And that's what you're doing. Um, and that makes your sex life exciting. Well, that's the thing. I think that's people don't give themselves permission to do that. Right. And I think that's probably I mean, I've had this before um, when I was younger. I was in a longer relationship and I've had it before where I was just kind of stuck in a rut. You know, we'd have like the same sex over and over again kind of mm. and you kind of know it so well right it's good but it's like the same right yeah. and I think that is like the dangerous thing where there's no mystery anymore right then you not exploring together mm. um, what could be the possibilities mm. um, and I see I, I think that that is probably the reason why a lot of people who you know, say that it's difficult in a long-term relationship because they're, they kind of stop exploring themselves mm. um, and their fantasies. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that um, we always need to keep an open mind and remember that we just don't know everything. Like even as a sexologist, there's yes. so much that I don't know. Like I'm so curious. And <gasps> there are times where I'm like, way too burnt out like I'm sick of talking about sex <laughs> and there are times I totally understand <laughs> where I'm like oh like and I think there is an expectation when you work in the sex field like that you're meant to be horny all the oh, time yeah. you're meant to find it exciting and you know you're meant to feel mm -hmm. good and I'm like totally. no not at all it's just normal right um but yeah yeah I think like sometimes you need to take space and time to really reflect and then you can get that excitement back if you are motivated to do that but if you're not motivated then it's not your domain you know maybe you're motivated to try yeah. cooking instead that's totally fine everyone has their um their sweet spot or their interest and you know hopefully expensive sex is one of them for a lot of people but if it's not then there's nothing wrong like with with having vanilla yes, sex either. Yes. That's totally fine. 
Absolutely. As soon as long as it fulfills you, right? Mm. <laughs> it fills you. Um, I think there is no, because I think there's something beautiful in all of these things. I think it's funny what you said about like working in this field, because I always think about this and because I talk to so many people, right? And who live or who live, who work in different aspects of our field, right? Um, like people like you, like sexologists, but also adult performers, right? And then the whole gamut of what this, what this, um, you know, industry, I guess, like holds anything from health to entertainment, right? Mm. Um, spirituality to, you know, kink, you know, which can be the same thing, I guess, at the same <laughs> But I think what is um, interesting is like, obviously, we have an interest in sex, right? Yeah. Um, that maybe goes beyond some other people <laughs> because not everybody wants to talk about sex every day, right? Like even if it's not something you're feeling like, but um, but at the same time, you are right, right? There is all these issues that come up because it, when I was preparing for this um, podcast with you, I was thinking about like, what are questions that I'm having, right? Mm. Um, questions that I, where I'm like, I ask myself a lot of questions about my sexuality or about the sexuality of others and like what it could mean. And sometimes I just don't, obviously I don't know at all, right? Mm. What, what that could be coming from. Um, but that's, I think that's okay to have it as a constant, like you said, like this constant process of learning new things. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally fine. Is there something you've learned in the past year, let's say, within your work that mm -hmm. really surprised you or that was new or where you're like, you know, mm. really stunned by it or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Like I, there's a lot more for me to know about um, I think couples work, you know, I'm used to working with individuals. I, I think like couples mm -hmm. where, especially when one person has like fantasies and wants, you know, to see their partner engaging in like non-monogamy or, you know, or they mm -hmm. want to engage in non-monogamy. Like that's an area that I need to learn more about because even though like, so I'm in a monogamous relationship myself, but in the past I've been in more open relationships where there's monogamy, but it's yeah. like um, ethical times where we could you know engage in other people so like sex parties that kind of thing and mm -hmm. like when it's yeah. your normal you don't really think about it that much from a clinical perspective you know because it's your life so totally. when you yeah. look at other people I can't give a straight answer because it's not my life you know it's it's not my relationship yeah. I can't give an answer as to how it's going to work and how open-minded th those people are so that's something that I find challenging and I, I do need to do some more like PD around. And I think like one thing I'm really trying hard to do is become more, um, I guess, aware of myself and how I interact and my language around LGBTQI plus um, community, mm -hmm. because, you know, it, it's something that I didn't grow up with the skills to talk about. And it's something that I really, yeah. really want to get right, because I have a lot of friends in, who are, you know, in this community. And I just want to be Absolutely. a little bit more respectful. So that's, that's a few things that I'm learning more about. But yeah, there's heaps, like, you know, even with myself and my <laughs> yeah. sexuality, like, there's so much for me to learn about. And I think sometimes when you work in this area, you can worry a little bit about the future. Like what happens if I lose my libido? What happens if I go through mm. menopause? <laughs> and what happens if my partner is not horny in like five years? Like all these things, but you have totally. to live in the present yeah. moment, you know, and you have to just take it day by day. 
Yes. And I think there's something that's really um, exciting about if you give yourself the freedom to be okay with whatever happens to a certain degree, like you said earlier, because I was thinking about this. I recently I had this like phase like I ended it with like one partner and then I was slowly I was like, well, when should I just start dating again or whatever? And I had this like feeling I was like, you know, I just don't want to have casual sex with somebody at the moment. And that for me is normally not like a thing you know I was like oh I have often had just you know just love sex so it doesn't really matter if this is like a, a person that I love for that night it'd be wonderful my body did not want to and I was like oh strange you know mm. I haven't really experienced myself this way and then I was like well I guess I'm just not gonna have sex for a few weeks like it, I mean it mm. is what it is you know mm. because I had to like listen to myself and not there's no reason to force yourself onto anything right yeah. I mean, why why have sex if you're not feeling it? And then I became so horny. <laughs> I was like, well, but I still Distance don't want to have makes sex the with somebody random. Lara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't have sex with a random person. So like, I've just like had to masturbate a lot, um, <laughs> several times a day. But you know, like just the, the to allow myself to be like, well, actually, right now, I don't want, I don't want to have any like one night stand I don't want to have sex that doesn't have uh, maybe romantic meaning even if that's just you know and that was just where I'm at yeah or where I was at yeah absolutely. and to accept that um as like you know also a process um absolutely yeah. it's a journey like we're not it's not totally it's not a cookie cutter model like you're going to be surprised by yourself all <laughs> the time like how many times have you been like oh I'm just like I'm actually just not that into it. I remember being panicked. I was like, my desire is gone. I'm fucked. But I'm like, <laughs> hang on. I've got burnout. Like, I'm so burnt out right now. Oh, and yeah. I'm so stressed. And that's why, like, se- like stress and sex, like, don't mix. But, like, I also mm. get what it's like, you know, like, in my past, like, when I lived in Europe and I was having a lot of fun and I was sleeping with a lot of different people, like, and also, like, it becomes a little bit of a burnout experience where you're like, I'm kind mm. of tired of this. Yes. You know? It does. I'm, it does, yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's, you know, in a way, like, it's transactional. And you're like, oh, okay. But, I'm like, there are times where you love being single and it's so fun and you get that excitement and it's spicy and you're, you're alive. And there are times where you're like, ah. Oh, kind of would love to just have a snuggle right now and have like a little bit of just like easy sex you know like that's also someone to come home to so it's about the flow and I think we've all got to go with the flow a little bit not worry too much just be in the present moment yeah I think that's a wonderful tip I want to go into a couple of questions from listeners. Mm. Um, so people send in questions every week uh, and I do my best to answer them. But <laughs> today I, I picked out a few that I think would like what I would really love to know what you have to say about them and what you think. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so one is how to navigate a healthy sex life where a partner has HPV. So when one person has HPV, so HPV for people that are listening is human papillomavirus. You know what? 
it's a common cult of um, sex of STIs. <laughs> like I have HPV. It's so like I think most people who have had unprotected sex will have mm-hmm. had HPV. There are certain strains that are more serious than others, and when it develops, like it, it's important to be getting your cervical screenings because it can develop into like cervical cancer but that's like a worst case scenario most people will just have it like a like a cold in their you know cervix Mm -hmm. area um i don't think that it's actually that hard to navigate most people don't have symptoms um you can always infect others through sexual contact but it's not really going to affect uh penis owners because they don't have a cervix so it, it it does have like there are hpv related cancers in penis owners yes. um but i think if you want oh really yeah yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that i thought it was just women oh interesting yeah so the different strains so types 16 and 18 mm. bit more scientific anyway but you can get genital warts as well so like um i think that it's important to just know that you have to be aware of your symptoms first and foremost you know there's a vaccination mm-hmm. that we all usually get especially in australia for um cervical cancer there is an h oh for cervical cancer okay I, there, but it's not an hpv it vaccine, is a hpv is it? it's just a certain strain of hpv oh. yeah so it's a ah, it's a hpv vaccine that protects you against certain strains um majority mm-hmm. of it as well so if you're having sex with someone just use a condom babe if you're worried about it um you know it's just it spreads through unprotected vaginal anal or oral sex and it can be mother to baby by pregnancy labor or nursing so i think Mm, just you know make sure you go and see your your local like um sex friendly doctor of course and Mm -hmm. really just have a chat about what you can do but i also think it's about it's actually mainly about like staying on top of your own health and your own symptoms. You know, if you have any symptoms that like itching or warts on the vulva or on the penis, that's probably what you need to go get checked out because that's genital warts and that just needs a round of antibiotics to fix. No problem. What is it with herpes then? Because I think I've had several people write in um, before, and it's very difficult, obviously, to give like a good medical advice because I'm not a medical professional with herpes. Because I know you can take you can take meds, right? So the outbreaks are not that common. But still, even if you use a condom, the skin around, right, can still um, transmit herpes. And I think it sounds like a difficult thing to navigate in a relationship. Yeah, look, oh, yeah, being single maybe even worse. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, being single, I think people definitely, definitely get um, get really tense about it. Look, herpes is a virus mm. that you'll carry for the rest of your life, but it doesn't mean you'll yeah. always be in an active period. That doesn't. So that means that like, like herpes is a highly treatable. It's not curable, but it's a highly treatable mm-hmm. STI. And if you're taking medication to control the virus, like with cold sores, you can take antivirals if you're feeling anything, mm-hmm. you know, and you make sure you're on top of your immunity. You can go years between flare-ups or outbreaks, you know. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah. herpes is most transmittable during those flare-up periods of viral shedding. So it can be transmitted during times where it's not flaring up, but it's it's a lot less likely but people with herpes can have a very positive healthy and enjoyable 
sex life you know it, it's yeah it's not the end of your sex life I think it's more about the stigma of herpes that's talking you totally. know we don't punish totally. people for getting coronavirus it's also a virus just like herpes you know mm. and I think yeah 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 no it's so difficult you know because I think you're right I think it mainly is how it's viewed right because mm. that's I have a friend who has it and I remember her talking to me and she's like she had a new partner Mm. Um, and she had a flare up and she's like, well, I need to talk to him. Mm. And she was so afraid, you know, of that moment of like, what if he says, well, then I'm sorry, you know, I can't do that. I cannot sleep with you anymore if this mm. is the case. And I mean, that did not happen. Thank God. Right. Mm. But alone to go through this process of fear and like shaming and for something that it's not your fault at all. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a really beautiful partner to have. There will be some people that they won't want to discuss it. You know, but I think it is, time, <laughs> you know, that I'm sure <laughs> won't want that. But I think, you know, talking a little bit more about like knowing how your herpes looks, how it feels, and that can mm. help you decide on a safety plan that's right for you and your partners. That might involve yeah. barrier methods like dental dams, condoms, or gloves, or yeah. it might mean that your partner decides they're comfortable with the transmission risk during flare-free yeah. periods, um, or if you'd like to do other. Can I things. ask you something? Yeah. Have you have you used a dental dam? We don't actually have them in Australia, so I teach people how to use condoms oh, so and cut them over open. So, oh, I've never, really? I've taken the risk, you know, but I know. Yeah, me too. I've the, never used one either, so that's why I'm asking. I've that. never used one, but some people will, you know, and and that's fine. Oh, I'm sure. I just like it's never even come to my mind, you know, like I. Let yeah, me whip out a dental dam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I like literally have a hammer, which it is, I think, a little bit of like where the education uh, or sex education comes a little short sometimes mm. because obviously you can transmit um, a lot of STIs, right, through oral as well, oral sex as well. Mm. So not to think that that would be a thing, you know. I think most people are like, well, we use a condom for like penetration but not for oral sex and I'm like well I don't think it really works that way but we make ourselves maybe think that it does yeah I think look there's been periods of time where I've been very <laughs> um unsafe but that was a risk that I was willing to take and you know yeah. I'm not going to punish myself if, if anything does happen if I do one day have something come out of my you know some kind of um STI come out because I had a I had a time in my life where I made it consecutive decision for myself and I'm you know mm -hmm. regardless or not whether I would ever get an STI whether any of my patients have an STI I know that I am still and always worthy and deserving of pleasurable sexual experiences mm. and I want people listening to know that yes. just because you have an STI or an STD doesn't mean that you're not worthy of course you're worthy don't punish yourself let yourself feel good beautifully said um, all right, let's do another question. Um, I'm running low on time. Somebody wrote, and I think I know the answer, but let's uh, discuss this because I always wonder um, how to best guide people there. So somebody asks, um, is it possible to hit the G spot with the penis? Yeah. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I th that's what I thought too because I've experienced this before. Yeah. So <laughs> the G spot's just it's actually like it's not so much a spot, it's just a pleasurable area inside, yeah. you know, if you put your fingers up um towards the belly button, 
on the upper side of the vagina, there is a, an area mm. that's just filled with nerves there and the penis will rub over it. You can also get ribbed condoms. It will probably stimulate that area a little bit more. If the penis owner has like a, a bigger head on the penis that can be used as like a little mm -hmm. bit of a ridge. So yeah, yeah, you can hit the G spot with the penis for sure. It's interesting to me because I think a lot of um, girls have written into about like vaginal orgasms, right? And being like, why can I not have one? And like um, how difficult it is to achieve, mm. um, which I think is so funny because we're so focused on this kind of weird performance and like you're lacking something if that is not the way to come or whatever. Mm. Um, but I've come, I think, vaginally. So mm. I don't know, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I have. Well, so that's I'm not exciting sure, but... for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. And it's, you know, I've come vaginally as well. It's it's actually like 70% of, of um, vulvar vagina owners can't come vaginally. Yeah. Um, that's what I read, yeah. Yeah. Or they might not have developed, you know, that, that area too much. It takes, as you would know, sometimes like a lot of persistence. Like you have to be super turned on. Oh, yeah. And it oh, yeah. takes a while because it's clitoral And he has nerves. to like hit it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like when it happens, <laughs> it's really exciting, but you have to work, you know, and. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is not like a five minute um, thing. Like a <laughs> no, it's like a, it's definitely like over 30 minutes usually. Like it's a lot of stimulation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually think like you know what what's what's the problem with actually just touching your clitoris during sex and having clitoral orgasms oh, through penetration yeah. like that is such exactly. a fucking great way to have sex guarantees yes. pleasure every time but yeah and you and use a toy if you need to right like yeah 100 percent. love the toys i think that you know mm. i'm a big advocate of most people using toys like a clitoral vibrator on you know on that area while you're having penetration is like the creme de la creme because you're controlling your own pleasure oh, it totally is yeah this is so funny one of the other questions was if we had any recommendations on vibrating toys for couples while penetration mm, yeah uh while penetrating and because i've used several like i've used i love the womanizer but for me he like a man it's really difficult for a guy i think to operate it <laughs> because yeah. the because it's so small of a point you know and has to be so targeted yeah um but um other ones probably with a little bit of, i mean i would think like a vibrator has more of a surface level where he doesn't have to be so exact but what about you like what do you would what would you recommend i mean i like using the womanizer but i'm in control of it well during partnered sex yeah. i think like if you want one where there's penetration involved and the penis can slide over the top of it using something like the we vibe unite so i'm looking at love honey mm -hmm. at the moment they have a lot here so we vibe chorus, we vibe unite, we, you know, we vibe love honey. Like they're all on just like similar names. It just looks like mm -hmm. if you were to put your, like um, your thumb and your index finger, like in a, in a little C, it looks just like mm -hmm. that. So one little arm of it slips into the vagina and sits up against the G spot. And the other one slips out and hits on the clitoris. And then the penis can slide in underneath. And so there's vibrations there. What I like is that you, they also come with like remote controls. So you can also wear it while you're mm -hmm. just walking around in the supermarket <laughs> and your partner can control it for you. 
It's amazing. I have one of those. I mean, the only thing is I think about them is that they're not so strong. No. So it's better probably with penetration. I've never had it with penetration, though. Is it going to be okay for his penis? Yeah. To, like, touch it? Is it going to be? Yeah, it just slides in. Um, it slides in underneath. Yeah, for sure. A girl wrote, I once almost came from nipple stimulation. Hmm. How common is this and how to actually achieve it? Mm, probably, I think. Well, look, how common is it? I can't tell you because it's not really well studied. So I don't really have like a percentage, yeah. but, you know, nipple orgasms are something that kind of sneak up on you and then they can explode out of nowhere. But there's there's a lot that you can do. It's, it's an erogenous zone, your nipples, you know, mm -hmm. so and there's some um, great tissue in there that's full of sensitive nerves. Um, each nipple has hundreds of nerve endings. So they're super sensitive to touch and they can bring a lot of pleasure. Um, but basically, you know, all genders can have it. I think what you can do is yeah. actually just let your mind wander and not focus too much on it take your time use like vibrators on there if you want use lubricant mm, on there that's a great idea yeah you can get some of those like warming lubricants as well and put it on there or icy lubricants ones that cool you down that's also really nice i think by like oh, i love that idea yeah i think focusing on your breath super important so taking long deep breaths to help you relax and get out of your head and into mm. your body is really important yeah and try a dual orgasm where you are playing with another erogenous zone and playing with the nipples at the same time um oh yeah that's a great idea yeah there's a lot you can I do i wonder i wonder sometimes about relaxation because i've i've listened to this um sex educator betty dotson for um i think she actually passed away last year but she was talking about like relaxation being so important right instead of like tensing but i do this sometimes mm. like in order to come i like i tense up and and i try to like get myself to relax right because sometimes i can i feel like i can come quicker if i tense mm. um what would you say how can people um just like relax into it Or women probably more so than men. <laughs> it's it's not so much about relaxing your pelvic floor because you're what you're saying, like getting tense is is important. You're you're tensing up your pelvic floor muscles, your butt muscles, like all of that is actually helping keep that, mm -hmm. the blood trapped down there to help with that process. It's more actually ah, about getting out of your head. That's what I mean by relaxing. Ah, got it. Okay. Okay. So really tapping yeah, into yeah, yeah. That the makes sensations a lot of sense. in the body. Yeah, what's um, a good tip? I mean, I've always said this, like, to kind of concentrate on, on like, maybe touch and, like, the other person and stuff. But is there a couple of tips you have for people to get out of their head while they're yeah. um, engaging yeah. in sexual intercourse? Yeah, <laughs> so I think that, like, knowing how to mindfully breathe and imagine that breath is coming out through your genitals. So you're taking a deep breath in, and as you go and blow out you're imagining this air going down and that it's like an energy down and out through your genital area and that helps you connect to that mm. area what sensations can you feel there and just focus on your breathing that's been the way that i've been able to have um vaginal orgasms by imagining that oh that breath actually. interesting yeah It's very, oh, very that's good. so cool. And just, you know, putting on a sexy playlist, having music, like all of that's super important too. 
thank you so much for coming on the show. I could talk to you for like hours. So it's like, <laughs> I know <laughs> well, we'll have to catch time. up in a couple of months again. I love your time with you. I it's would so fun. love that. Um, how can people find your work? And even if they would like maybe a sexologist or kind of mm. like, you know, check out how they could work with you. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I have an Instagram. It actually got nuked. So it disappeared <laughs> for a week um, about two weeks ago, but it's oh, back really? Now. Yeah, it was a bit too sexy, I think. So um, uh-huh, got a little bit you. of a slap on to me wrist. before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Chantel underscore Otten underscore sexologist. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes anyway. And my absolutely um, website is pretty basic too. It's chantelotten.com and I have 20 staff they see people across the world f- through online sexology sessions so feel it's free incredible. to reach out 20 already huh oh my god I know how did I go from a one-man band to having um, <laughs> so much to do it's crazy but uh, you know well, it's it's a, that is incredible yeah <laughs> if I ever have <laughs> An issue I'll come to. I'll be like, so something is wrong with my libido. <laughs> yeah, that's me, babe. Well, you to come straight to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I hopefully we'll talk to each other in a couple months, and we'll we'll can catch up on everything else. I can't wait. Thanks so much for your time, babe. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church Podcast. And please check out our incredible guest, Chantelle Otten, on Instagram at Chantel underscore Otten underscore sexologist or on ChantelOtten.com. Also, you can get all the links in the show notes. If you like today's show, please, please, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that will be amazing too. See you next Sunday.